0: What's up? This is Brandon London and you're listening to the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. You hear that? The Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Let's go Giants.
1: Welcome back Giant Science to the latest edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. This time we are 75% British, 25% Irish, but absolutely still 100% Giants. We're back from a week off. It's a full house as myself and producer Craig are back from our weekend at Download Festival. And as usual, we're alongside Shane and Kev to bring you the latest news surrounding the ongoing Barclay contract saga. Plus, we're going to be breaking down our wide receiver room as we take an in-depth look at who Daniel Jones is going to be targeting in 2023 in our main event coming up shortly. Uh, guys, it's great to be back. How are we doing?
2: Yeah, are all good. It's, uh, like I say, it's good to be back after the week off last week. Um, if anyone's watching this and thinks at any point I look a little bit sleepy, tired, drugged or hungover, any of the above, or all of the above, uh, just suffering with a little bit of high fever that time of year for me. Um, but you know, other than that, suffering high fever, talking joints football, what else can you ask for?
0: Yeah, good to have you back, lads. I know you were away this last weekend uh at download Festival. Um obviously from those conversations you had a fantastic time, which is good to hear. Love a good music festival myself. Um yeah, just glad to be uh back talking football. I mean, obviously things are starting to ramp down a little bit. We have had some OTAs, we've had some some things to talk about, but um you know, over the next few weeks, we're going to delve into all position groups. And uh, I'm really looking forward to sort of seeing the state of the, the roster. Yeah, we're literally just about to hit that kind of massive lull,
3: aren't we? Where mini campaigns and and just nothing happens. I mean, we're going to get into it in a minute, but there is a big story that's kind of rumbling on that, we you know, could carry us through the next few weeks, potentially. Um, but yeah, yeah, we're all good. Recovered. Big thank you to... Anybody who kind of interacted with us on Twitter and I know um, Andrew Hamilton was one of the guys. Unfortunately, we didn't get to meet up with him, but he he said he attended. And we did get to meet a listener while we were there, didn't we, Dan?
1: We absolutely did. Yeah. Um, his, his name was also Dan. So even Dan, if you're watching, how you doing, mate? Yeah, that, was a, that was a good, it was a quite, again, it's still surreal, isn't it? You sort of meet someone that listens and follows and you're like, oh wow okay cool yeah but um no it's good to meet him um it was a long hot weekend um but what better way of getting back and refreshing than to talk about our depth at wide receiver and talk all things giants right so that's exactly what's coming up for you guys shortly um i am sort of suffering a little bit still i'm not as fully recovered as craig is so uh I do have a bit of a uh, raspy voice and a bit of a chest infection going on. So if you do see me uh, coughing and spluttering throughout the night, my sincerest apologies. But I had a good, pretty good weekend rocking out at Donington. So, yeah, that's my excuse. Anyway, before we get going, though, I just want to uh, make a little shout out to the download crew, because why not? So producer Craig, Anna, Dean, Simon, Darren, Lucy, K- K- Lucy, Greg, Sarah, Kira, Kerris, Emma, Paul and Oscar. You made my weekend one of the best weekends I've ever had. So thanks to you all. Really appreciate it. And now we move on. (laughs) Um, So starting off with the news from uh, this week and the Saquon Barkley contract saga just seems to rumble on, doesn't it? Uh, Unsurprisingly, the headlines have been all about him uh, and concerning his contract issue as he ran his uh, his little football camp last week. Um, he's yet to reach a long-term deal, um, obviously with the team, which has resulted in him being absent from um, mandatory mini-camp, which started yesterday. Um, more on that to follow in a minute. But he stated that he doesn't plan to sign his franchise tender anytime soon, um, which stops him from taking part in uh, in any of the team activities. And though he did express a little bit of frustration um, with some leaks coming from the Giants, uh, which indicated that he sort of had some false narratives being created about him. Um, and he was also a bit sceptical about deal being reached by um, the deadline in July um, and hinted at the possibility of potentially extreme measures, um, such as sitting out the entire season. And he sort of mentioned that at the end of the day, it's all about respect. So, you know, it's, it's not looking particularly rosy, but as revealed by Ian Rappaport earlier today, uh, the Giants' previous offer that had been withdrawn is now apparently back on the table. Uh, the contract believed to be worth 40 million pounds, uh, 40 million pounds, 40 million dollars a year um, is now back in place. So, surely if you're Barkley and that deal's on the table, how quickly are you signing that based on the running back market at the moment?
2: I think it really depends on what um, how the deal's structured, so to speak. Um, I mean, I've got to be honest, I think I, I listened to his interview um, that he had met, uh, was it yesterday or the day before? And he kind of, I thought he spoke like, quite professionally, like he made it clear, maybe it's not as one sided the deal wasn't as, as you've heard, but he also didn't throw... The giants or anyone under the bus, either, which you know you've seen a lot of people maybe in the past that haven't got the deal that they want to get, and they just throw the organisation or head coaches, owners, GMs, etc. Uh, underneath the bus. And he didn't do that, so you know fair play to him for that. He's obviously um, frustrated, and you can understand why because he said you know he does want to stay in New York, and I genuinely do believe that. But then it comes back to the conversation I think we had a couple of weeks ago when we was like we, we spoke about. He's like, is he going to sit out now? again I, I don't think he will but if he chose to I can't I can't knock him for it you've got to look after number one at the end of the day um but you know if that I think if that deals on the table and he didn't sign it last time there's obviously it's obviously structured in a way that they don't quite like so I can probably understand why he's maybe not, but now now hopefully what you might see is a little bit back and forth kind of thing, a bit like we did with um, Daniel's contract just before that got signed. And, you know, Barker will go back and say, oh, Matt, can you structure it this way? Oh, well, what if it this way? And then in the end, within hopefully less than a month, the two parties have met each other.
0: Yeah, just to reiterate what uh, Shane's saying, I think um, the the offer obviously was made before, the uh, run bar, running back market looks so bad in this free agency. So obviously the running back market in this free agency hasn't helped sort of Saquon's case. Um, so I kind of think that the Giants have come back with the offer they had on the table of around 14 mil per year, which I think is a fair offer. But I think the um, the guaranteed money is a big factor. If the Giants get, if a, a, a Giants added a little bit more guaranteed money to this deal, um, I think Saquon should sign this pretty quickly, to be honest. Before, I was thinking this would drag out until July 17th with the franchise tag deadline. But now I think that the Giants have come back to the table showing good faith. I mean, it's out right there now, and Saquon's had his uh, his um, say in the matter. Um, I think the sides aren't as far away as um, everyone believes. So I think um, we could see this sign pretty soon. It's interesting
3: that he he kind of... He he kind of mentioned it, he kind of tiptoed around it at the same sense. I don't think there was any malice or any real conviction in him saying that he would sit out the season. Uh, but I think if you look back, Le'Veon Bell did it, didn't he? Yeah, if I remember correctly, he, he sat out and it didn't really work out for him. Um, he didn't get a great contract afterwards. He didn't last much longer in the league afterwards. So I think... It's a brave move to even mention it, but I do believe, give it two, three weeks, we won't even be talking about this anymore. All of this will be forgotten because clearly the Giants now are saying, right, let's go back to the table. Let's get this sorted. We don't want you being that disgruntled player who's not here. But in the same sense, we also want to make sure that we look good as an organisation and look after one of our own.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've got, what, a month and three days till that, tag deadline on July 17th. Mm. I think that it, the deal's going to be tied up by then. You know, with what what has been reported today, it it me- makes it seem like the the team want to get it done. They're going to meet with his representatives, they're going to meet with him and they're going to get it done. Um, you know, and it, it, obviously like you said the the deal before wasn't quite what they wanted, so that's why they, would, they turned it down. Now obviously it's back on the table. They're going to have to Maybe change a couple of little things in there. Like I said, a bit, you know, a bit of additional guaranteed money, maybe. And you know, we're signing twenty six up for another, you know, potentially long term deal. So it's a win win, really, and it's it it means then, you know, we can really sort of properly focus on training camp because obviously after this week of mini camps, there's nothing else for a month because the, the players all go away for a summer break. So yeah, get get the deal done soon. So then when it comes to training camp in uh, starting in July. Everyone's there, everyone's fresh, and everyone's ready to go. Um and it will it, it, it sort of it'll only be detrimental to the teams have Barkley holding out and sitting out of camp. Um and it'll be detrimental detrimental to him as well. So yeah, I see I can't see the deal not getting done anytime you know, within the next four weeks. I think it, it'll be done.
3: Bear, bear in mind he's his mini camp's not gonna happen for him now. Today no. so they, they have another day of mini camp tomorrow. They've already said that they're having a the cookout. Um, so nobody's really doing anything with pads on them, probably nothing more than, uh, you know, a little bit of rib-eating action back and forth like that, and that's about as far as it's going to go. So um, up until we actually get into the nitty-gritty in August uh, or sort of mid-July, uh, you know, it's it's a moot point. They've got loads of time now.
0: Yeah yeah and also just quickly like you know he's been working out as well with like giants gear you know he's had his helmet on and stuff like so i can't see this dragon i think like he was more annoyed that some things got leaked that you know there was a 14 million deal on the table and they turned it down and i think he was more agreed with the fact that you know people don't know the exact details of it it's okay to throw out 14 million per year as a number but it's all about guarantees and stuff and how much players guaranteed against injury incentive-based guarantees and all that type of stuff so so I, th- I think like it will get worked out quite quickly, and like you were saying, Greg, you know there's a big gap now. So he's missed this part. Fine, there's a big gap now to sort of get things done. He's going to be fit. He's going to come back fit. He's going to come back ready. Um, so yeah, I-, I think like we'll all look back once this is done, and at uh, the end of July, and the team sort of preparing for the season, as they're like oh we all you know we knew it would happen. Is then see it wasn't really a big deal, and, and
1: yeah, we all we all know it's going to happen eventually. Did you put yourself on mute then, Kev, by any chance? I thought you It sounded like you're in the middle of saying something. And you put yourself on mute.
2: <laughs> I think the last thing no. I will say about the Barkley thing is um, it's not Saquon either that's sort of slowing it down. I was, I was listening to a podcast, uh, I think it might have been last week, uh, an, an, another UK, a US based one, and they were saying, Joel Shane's a little bit pissed off with his agent, so he's he's, he's he's made it clear that, look, it's not an issue with Saquon, me and Saquon are good but the podcasting question said that Joe Shane has, has admitted to people within the building, I wish he had a different representative, and so that, that you know, it could be that Saquon saying, yeah, I do like this deal and it's his agent who's saying no, don't sign it, and maybe making things more difficult than they actually need to be
1: Bloody agents I we'll just wish they'd do just wish they do a Lamar Jackson to be your own agent or have your mum as your agent. You know? Or one of us. <laughs> or oh, I mean, take one if you need if you need an agent, you know. One of the four of us or all four of us will happily represent you. And uh, you know, we'll take a cut of your uh have your contract as well. But anyway, moving on. Uh, mini camp got underway yesterday as the final part of phase three of the off season program started off. Uh, once this OTA is over, like I said, this, the team will break for summer and reconvene uh, for the start of training camp next month. Uh, former players Michael Strahan and Brandon Jacobs attended Tuesday's first session, uh, as did Hall of Fame coach Bill Parcells, and he also addressed the team as a group on the field. Uh, today saw Chad Powers, aka Eli Manning dropping by Campbell. Um, apart from Barkley, the team, you know, the whole team were in perfect attendance and uh, Dave was asked about Barkley being absent but yet again, they said they were keeping it private which understandably he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to deflect away from the the things that the team are doing so I don't blame him for doing that. Um, Bobby McCain, that's a little highlights. Bobby McCain had two picks on Tuesday. Uh, One a pick six of Tyrod Taylor and he also defended a pass and uh, Nick Cloud was the man who got the most first team reps alongside um, McKinney at safety, um, despite Bobby McLean getting those two picks on Tuesday. And a little bit of a, sort of a update from today: there was a bit of an injury scare with a Dory Jackson uh, appearing to injure his left ankle while contesting a deep pass to Paris Campbell. Uh, Though he did seem to walk off the field at the end after being treated. So, touchwood that it's nothing serious and it's just a little knock. Um, but how do you think? the roster is shaping up and is looking as we get closer to training camp, Kev.
0: Yeah, I think it's shaped up really nicely, actually, you know, there's a Nick McLeod coming in and getting a a lot of first team reps, not all of them, but getting a lot of first team reps is a nice surprise, actually, because he was always a bigger physical, physical corner anyway. Um, And very smart player. Um, So I, so him making the transition to safety, which is being confirmed now today by the DB's coach, can't remember his name. He's actually confirmed that he has moved to safety full time now. Um, I think is yeah it could allow um, um, McKinney to to do the free safety role and you know Nick McCloud be that sort of more tackling assured man uh, coverage of tight ends and stuff like that and running backs uh, in the strong safety position. So um, middle linebacker linebacker is the one I'm sort of keeping my eye on as well. And um, obviously we won't get to see much now until end of July. Um, but the, the it's really shaping up well. I mean the D line just looks so so stout. You know with the the additions of Sean Robinson and and Nacho and you know. For once, we're starting to get like a, a real bit of depth in the team, which we've never had. We've always we've been thin for so long. um. So it's really interesting to see. I mean, we'll get on to the wide receivers and stuff like that now. But from what I, what I can gather as well, Paris Campbell's just slotted in. And I think that trip to um, Arizona with Daniel Jones and the new, you know, Waller, uh, all the new sign ins and, and also the, 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 the receivers that were there last year, I think has been fantastic because they've been be able to come in and hit the ground running. And apparently, we're seeing the dividends for that big thing
3: um, when you look at a lot of the players as well is that a lot of our second-year players have gone away, had that first little taste of, uh, of the NFL and realised this is bigger, this is faster, it, the, there's a lot more nuance to this. But in the terms of this is bigger, if you look at... I mean, Daniel Bellinger has turned into the Incredible Hulk over the, uh, the off-season and come back like an absolute tank. Um, but Cordell Flott as well seems to have put on a, a nice bit of heft to him. And um, it's, it's very likely with the the tr- um, draft pick of Banks that Flott will now s- slot into that slot corner mm-hmm. um, position um, ahead of Darnay Holmes, I, I would imagine. But just putting on that little bit extra heft is going um, it, to, it's going to hold him in good stead for, for tackling. And he, he's probably not going to get brushed aside as much as he did and admittedly, he did play outside, which is not his natural position, but um, I'll be interested to see how that happens, because they have said that the DBs are being rotated and that, you know, everyone's getting a chance of the ones. Not really anything to do with how the depth chart's going to gonna look, but really just to kind of see where people are at and, and who potentially will be the starters come week one.
1: Apologies for Craig getting a bit slotty there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Shame <laughs> Yeah, I think if that's something... The, the one word I'd use is kind of intriguing because I think both sides of the ball, it's gonna there's a bit of interest as to how the depth chart is actually going to shape up. If you look at wide receiver, we've you know we mentioned it before, there's no true wide receiver one. I mean, you could even turn around and say Darren, Darren Waller's going to be the tight end one, uh, wide receiver one or receiver one, I should say. But like beyond that, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of challenges with players playing against each other who's going to slot him where. And then other side of the ball, you've got the same thing at DB as well. Um, I think the, the point on uh, Flotti is quite important because the one knock on him last year from many people, uh, definitely from myself, and I want to say potentially, however I don't get putting words in his mouth, but it was that he was a little bit undersized and he needed to get add a little bit more size to him. Um, so it's good that he's gone away and done that. And then we in regards to Bellinger putting the size on, it's gonna be interesting if he's chosen to do that himself, or is there a plan that okay, look, what is gonna be the main target? We wanna use Bellinger more in a run blocking role. So put a bit of muscle on so you can assist, especially with the struggles that Evan Neal had last year as well. Um so it's gonna just just intriguing. It's probably the word I'd use to how camp shaping up and you know you you've got the DBs in the in the um Back as well, so who's going to be pairing up with McKinney? You know, there's people are being rotated, obviously. We've got a, a gap to fill with love now off the team, so I just going to be drinking to you. Text that spot as well.
1: I'm looking forward I'm to the competition, forward. I'm going to see in camp, really. Like, there's there's going to be a lot of competition in camp, and it's going to be a healthy competition. And like you said, we've we've got some depth in place now, um, with some of the signings we've made in, in, in during sort of the last few months. There is some depth at some of these positions now, and it's not just some pieces in there, just not some bodies in there, just to fill that gap. It's actually quality depth as well um, that you know we can rotate these guys off the bench um, more, more often, and, and more regularly. So it allows the the starters, as you will, um, more chance to to have a breather and to and to get off the field and not play snap in, snap out, snap in, snap out all the time. So I'm I'm really looking forward to camp. Looking forward to. Seeing how the uh, the roster shapes up towards the end of August and into September, um, come
2: final cut day in a fifty-three man roster. 53-man I'm glad um, Adore got injured as well, defending a pass, and that he didn't roll his ankle whilst returning a punt. So let's <laughs> let's, let's hope any injuries are related to that rather than punty.
1: Yeah, man. At least he was doing his job. You know, he was doing his job, what he's meant to be doing, and not catching and returning punts, which none of us want to see ever again don't do it stop <laughs> anyway um that's the news um not much else going on in the, in the giants world at the moment because we are coming up to that point of the year where nothing does happen like i said that sort of summer break that sort of extends into july and um, before training camp starts so uh yeah that's uh that's all the news covered for now um continuing on from the the stellar job you free did a couple of weeks ago, and breaking down our quarterbacks and running backs. Um, we are focusing, like I said, on uh, Daniel Jones's targets for next season. They're going to be under the microscope off the back of last season, uh, which was a position of need going into the draft. Um, it's our wideouts, and thankfully, there will be no mention of a seventy-two million dollar man, Kenny Galladay, on this list. Uh, so, Kev, who are we starting off with?
0: Yeah, we we'll start off with um sort of the like player that's been. At the Giants throughout Daniel Daniel Jones's whole career, and that's Darius Slayton. You know, he was a fifth-round pick back, um, whatever drafted it was like. But he played his final year of his rookie contract last year, and it kind of looked like they, they didn't want to play him. He wasn't really given much chance, and and he actually took a pay cut to stay with the team. And um, he was only due to make about three million, but he dropped that down to one uh, at the request of the team to be able to like stay on the team. and He wasn't seen, didn't see many targets to to, to begin the season. Um, but he started to show some real positive signs, and obviously, due, due to injury, he started to get more game time. Um, and he recorded his highest perce- uh, reception percentage of his career—you know, f- caught forty-six receptions on seventy-one targets. His best, his best game uh, last season was the Week Ten uh, matchup against Houston Texans. He had three receptions for ninety-five yards and a touchdown. Um, so he showed real promise because he has got speed. He's a true four-three speedster. But last year again, um, he did have six drops. Um, And that was the third consecutive season, you know, uh, he's leading the team in drops. So he does sort of have that against him sort of like, you know, he he can tidy that up. Um, He he could be a solid, solid player for Daniel Jones. You know, uh, his stats from last year were, uh, like I said, 724 receiving yards, two touchdowns, 15 yards per reception, uh, 267 yards after the catch. He had a long of 55, but he did have those um, six drops, um, which was tied eighth in the league. So, it is interesting to see where he'll go this year. You know, he signed a two-year deal. A lot of people didn't think he'd be back. He did have better offers on the table from other teams, but he actually chose to take a, a lesser offer—two years, twelve million—to uh, come back. Um, you know, I did like his quote when he was asked about you know the 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 the, the incomings of players and the type of players they brought in, and he did say, "You know, you've got a bunch of Ferraris. You're not you're not just going to leave them in the garage. You know, you want to get them out on the track." Um, so, you know, I really hope we brought in a lot of players, a lot of wide receivers. He has to sort of really show out now, I think this year, because I think we've made, bringing in Darren Waller, is it like Shane said, that's going to be our number one target. That's a number one receiver. He's a tight end, Yes, he'll be flexed all over the place and he, he will be like the number one guy. Now, Darius Satan has an opportunity now to go out and really sort of put up some serious numbers, but we've added real depth now. Although we don't have a number one wide receiver, we have added a lot of number twos, like number three wide receivers. So, If he isn't on game, there's definitely players there to be able to take his spot if he's not performing. But, you know, I wish him the best we want him to do. He's a fifth-round pick. You know, we've re-signed him to a second contract. He's a player we want to do well. Him and Daniel Jones have chemistry. Um, So, yeah, I have high hopes for him. But, again, you know, he needs to sort those drops out.
1: I mean, I think we we re-signed him to a new contract for a reason, really, didn't we? I was... I was a little bit surprised we re-signed him, considering the the issues he's had. with dropping the ball, um, and he's not been the most consistent of receivers. But you know, Shane and Dave's obviously see something in him that they wanted to bring bring him back into the team, and they, they signed him to a new deal. So you know, I'm 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 hopeful that yeah you know, he proves his doubt was wrong and and he does well in 2023. Um, you know, I've been one of his doubters in the past, as we all have, no doubt, but. I think I think he's got he's, de- he's definitely got something to give this to this team. Shane, who's up next?
2: Yeah, so um, up, up next we've got a guy that I think everyone's like, you know become a bit of a fan of, including all of ourselves, and that's Isaiah Hodgins. Um, he was cut by the Buffalo Bills, obviously. Dave's and uh, Joe. Knew him from their time there, so they kind of snapped him up. Um, He signed a new deal in February. Um, He was exclusive rights free agent, and I think we're all pleased that he's back. I think I think the word I describe Hodgins is like solid, reliable. Like Kev mentioned, Slayton has the drops. Isaiah Hodgins doesn't have the drops, and he kind of as the season went on, when we first got him. And then you look at every performance like, sort of towards the end. He was obviously building chemistry with Daniel Jones. He, he felt comfortable in the system, um, and I think some of that come from um, coming to join the Giants, where Dave's and Shane are. Really, they know him; he knows them. Um, you know, and I think I think he only got cut really because the Bills have got like quite a good receiving call at the time. You know, well, he, he didn't get cut because he was shit. He just got cut because there had too many, and I think it was one of them that hoped that could stash him. Well, luckily for us, our coaches know they're shit unlike previous ones, and they were like, "Boom, we're all over that." And I think that's been a little bit of a trait of this this team, Um, uh, this this um, front office, I should say. Sorry, but he had three hundred ninety-two yards for four touchdowns, ten point six yards per reception, and ninety-four yards after the catch. And as I say, he had no drops. Um, And I think for me, he's become he's kind of become what I I expected Kenny Galladay to become. In all honesty. Like, Goddard was meant to be that, like, you know, sort of bigger, bigger receiver who's not quick. Isaiah Hodgins hasn't got speed. I'm not saying they're exactly alike, but, uh, you you know, you want Hodgins to be that, um, you wanted Goddard to be that guy that Daniel can look, nothing else is on, on confidence. I can throw it to him and he's going to bring it down. And that's what Hodgins is like, in my opinion. Now, you guys might not 100% agree, but that's just how I kind of see him. and you know, I'm really hoping that now this year he was already familiar with the, the the system anyway, but now having a full pre-season with him as well. Um, and you know, like we've mentioned all the previous targets that we've brought in, Campbell, Slayton coming back, voila. Uh, hopefully Barkley, and he'll be able to still shine in the system as well.
1: Yeah, I think with Hodgins scoring, was it four in the last five games? It's was exciting, wasn't it? And it, it, like you said, it was. It sh- it should have been what Kenny Golley was should have been. Um, and I think I still think this is this is a, a sneakily good little pickup from Buffalo. Um, like you said, he wasn't quite good enough to be on their roster because uh, they had so much talent there. But he's more than good enough for us, and he's proven how good he could can be. You know, four four scores in in the last five games. That's what you want from your potentially your number one receiver is to is the score week in, week out. Um and if he can carry on that sort of production, I can see him being Jan, Dan Jones's top target this season. I really can.
0: Sometimes players just need opportunity, don't they? And he wasn't getting that at the uh, the Bills. And Craig's on Sheen's one hundred percent right. They stashed him hoping to no one would pick him up from the practice squad, but, you know, our, our front office is on the ball. Um, and Hodges had that. He has opportunity. He came in and shown that he could hack it. He got valuable, valuable reps that should help him. this
1: And that's the thing. That's the risky run with, um, with practice squad guys is that they can be picked up by another team just like that. And, you know, it's happened with us before. You know, we've had players on the practice squad and they've been snapped up. So, you know, unfortunately for Buffalo, but fortunately for us, you know, we we got a real sort of almost like a, he was a bit of a diamond in the rough last year, wasn't he? Really, but he's he's come good and he's he's starting to shine, and his route running his production is is solid. So, I'm looking forward to watching him during camp and seeing what he can produce in a full season. That's for sure. All right, Craig, a new addition to the team. Who you got?
3: Yeah, I mean, potentially the diamond in the rough for this season. Uh, He might not like being called the diamond in the rough, but he has that potential. He's um, Paris Campbell. So obviously we've picked him up from the Colts um, where he had three years of just awful injury luck between 2019 and 2021 um, playing just 15 games, but played all games last year, was productive when he was on the field. Let's not forget the Colts quarterback situation last season was absolutely horrific. So all of his stats don't sound great, but for what he did in that system, they're pretty damn good. Um, you know, when he was on the field, he flashes his explosive acceleration um, and his top end speed. He did it on a couple of occasions um, last year for, for the Colts, uh, 28 yard jet sweep against the commanders in week eight at a catch and run touchdown against the Raiders in week 10. You know, 623 receiving yards, three touchdowns, 9.9 yards per reception, um, only 4.5 yards after the catch, which is quite surprising given his speed. But like you said, that can probably be attributed to the the quarterback. And, you know, the wide receiver can only make yards after the catch if they're led into a pass. If you're not being led into a pass, you're not, you're not going to be able to add that on. Um, I think the you know diamond in the rough is a good way of summing it up. I think the easiest way to sum it up is um, high reward, low risk, high reward. One one year deal. If he stays healthy, he's a speedy receiver, will be a reliable target for Jones. Um, Kev did a lot of our our depth charts, and Kev's popped him in at, there at the at the slot position. Um, and you know, I believe that that's probably a position where you get. You get the ugly yards. You get the the sort of quick yards um, out of the position, and he's six foot. So his height is 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 weirdly at six foot, a lot higher than a lot of the other receivers we seem to have there. So, you know, if he if he stays healthy, I think we we were onto a winner there. But low risk because of the fact it's only a one year deal. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing how how he performs in the system.
1: Yeah, definitely low risk with that with that one-year contract, you know, compared to some previous contracts that have been dished out by uh ex-general managers who we won't name. Um I like Paris Campbell, you know, I think he the production said, so the production he had in Indianapolis last year, the 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 team was absolute garbage last year. Um and for him to get what three scores, 620 yards out of a team that finished What's their last finish? I can't I know their finishing record the record they finished the season with, but they didn't they didn't win many games, so you know not bad. And I think he could uh, he could be sneaky good in the slot, I really do. Um you know I think Dan Jones likes a decent slot guy. Um and I think Paris Campbell can be that, and I think we might see some big numbers in Paris Campbell this year.
3: Who's getting slotty
1: now, Dan? you know it baby you know it you know it alright so they're the sort of three perceived starters as such um in uh in Campbell and Slayton and Hodgins Hodgins there we go <laughs> god how could I not we talked about it two minutes ago bloody hell see still hung over from the weekend um so out of those sort of three perceived starters um who do you guys think is going to have the biggest impact this season? Uh, Kev, we'll start with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Paris Campbell guy. Um, I mean, when we were talking about potential Uh, realistic free agent wide receivers we should target you know he was one i suggested on the podcast um and also i did also make a bold statement that he would lead the giants in receiving yards this year so i actually think that you know he can play inside he can play outside you know like like craig said he's six foot 200 pounds he's a bigger receiver than you say your uh robinson type receivers and obviously he will get first crack at it he's been starting there at the in these um, OTAs and mini camps and stuff, because Wondell's still coming back from injury, so I think he'll have the uh, first foot um, in, in that position. So um, I, I'm actually very high. It's the injury, you know. He's a and he is a speedster. He's a true four three um, receiver coming out of Ohio State, um, and it was all just you know his first three seasons. You know, he was marred by injuries. You know, injuries are so unlucky. Last year, he stayed healthy and he produced pretty a really bad quarterback. So um, you know, he's definitely one that I think will make the biggest impact.
1: Thanks for the comment, Tony. Evening and download was epic. Craig, um, I think I've got to,
3: got to agree with Kev. Really, um, Paris Campbell to me just seems like that kind of steady move the chains, pick up the dirty yards. I know I've already said that, but that that to me is kind of what epitomizes the the wide receiver position. Is sometimes you've just got to get. Get the dirty bits. We don't need an expl. You know, an explosive play won't happen every single play unless you're playing Madden on Rookie. Um, That's the (laughs) the only the only way you're going to get 99 yard receptions every every single play. And you've got to admit the amount of times that we were third and long in the last few seasons is it's just too high. We need to to get better at creating third and short now. Barkley's obviously going to help, and we're going to assume he signs. Um, Waller and Bellinger are also going to help, but that slot position really does open up not just those, but also gives the sometimes can, can give the outside guys less attention, um, especially if you've got someone good in the slot. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to agree with Kev there.
1: So we've gone from getting slotty to getting dirty.
2: <laughs> Shane Yes yeah, so I think the guy I'm, I'm going to give someone Slightly different And it's a guy that um, You know Has been slated at times But I'm I, I am a fan of him And I did want us to bring him back And that's Darius Slater um, You know He's been in New York now For a few years He's got that chemistry With Daniel Jones He just needs to eliminate Them drops that Kev mentioned he can, If he can get rid of them drops He can be A really decent wide receiver I think And um, and, you know, I like his attitude, like Kev mentioned, you know, he took the pay cut to stay on the team. Um, there was a quote come out from him last year, and um, I think it, it was something along the lines of what he said when he, when he was playing peewee football or whatever whatever it is over there, um, when he wasn't in the team, his parents didn't go and run to the coach saying, why well, is my son not playing? They used to say to Darius himself, okay, you're not in the team, what are you going to do about it then? And that's the attitude and mentality that you you want not just on this team, but you need that attitude man- mentality in NFL and competitive sport in general. And I just love that mentality of, okay, you know what? You, you, you want to cut me or try and trade me? Nah, I'll take a pay cut, show you where you should keep me, and I'll get some extra money. And I just love that mentality. And, you know, he's, he's someone who I'll, I really hope can kick on now and sort of get close. I'd love to see him get close to that 1,000 yards. I, I really would. Because for, for a guy that was taken in the fifth round, it's kind of nice to see him get re-signed and have some success because we've not had that success with them day three picks. So you know, I'm I'm really rooting for uh, Slayton this season. You know,
1: before I before I tell you who I who I'm going with, even Steve and I, uh, I think you know what you said is is absolutely right. I think some of our uh, receivers could be absolute steals in the fantasy leagues this year. Um. You know, not just the three we're talking about now, but potentially some of the ones coming up as well. So thanks for watching, mate. Um, I'm going to go with Hodgins, man. I think Campbell could have a huge impact. I think Slayton could have a huge impact. But I think Hodgins, based off of what he produced in those five games last year, there's obviously that chemistry there between him and Dan Jones. And I just like him as, like him as a receiver. I think he he's got a lot to offer. Um he's got he's got a bit of speed. His route running is good. He can clearly catch the ball. Um and that's what you need in that out, that outside guy that you know we haven't had for a few years. So I think I can see Hodgins having a thousand yard season this year. I really can. So I'm gonna go with Hodgins. Hodgins Hodges Hodgins. Um but yeah, I equally agree that the others the other two can have a just you know a pretty big um, impact as well. So you know I'm pretty positive about our receiver so far, let's face it. Um all right, so Kev, who's up next?
0: Up next is uh is the darling of the draft, isn't it? It's uh Jalen Hyatt, you know, who's a rookie, um a player who was mocked to us multiple times at number twenty five in the first round. We were definitely ready to take him in the second round. We valued him as a second round player and he's there for us in the third round. They make a, a nice move up to go and get him. Um, you know, he had he had a spectacular t- 2022. Um, he, he went for 1,267 yards, third in the country at college. You know, he went for 15 touchdowns, you know, tied first in the, at college. Mm-hmm. He had standard performance against Alabama, Nick Saban's Alabama. You know, he caught six passes for 207 yards and five touchdowns. You know, he was regarded as the premier threat, deep threat in this draft. And, you know, people are overlooking this, saying, you know, a lot of people will question the right running and stuff like that. And um, he's already shown in camp. The wide receivers coaches come out and said it yesterday or today. You know he can run all the route tree. He's he's really crisp in his routes, and that just excites me about you know what the potential could be going forward for him. You know, he's a dynamic receiver. He can play inside, outside versus Hilde. It's one thing this coaching staff has shown is that the more you can do, you know, they want the versatility and they will put him all over the field in different matchups. And he is an absolute matchup nightmare. I know he ran four, four at the combine, but he's faster than that. He really is. Um, you know, he's probably going to ease into the offense. We won't see him sort of starting at the beginning of the season. You know, you might not get that many snaps to be fair at the beginning of the season, but this is a player, you know, back to Steve going up a fantasy. I mean, you draft this guy late and you stash him because I think he could have a fantastic breakout second half of the season. Um, the more Daniel Jones gets comfortable with the um, second year offense, the more he gets comfortable with the receivers, the more he gets comfortable in himself. You know, he will be taking more deep shots and to have someone with his ability get open deep. you I mean, you've got to take that. So, um, I, I yeah, I just think I'm very, very hopeful, very excited about this player. But just, you know, he might not you might not see too much of him to begin the season.
1: No, and I I'd be surprised if we saw a lot of him to start the season off. But just looking back at his stats from last year, almost 19 yards per reception. Hmm. I mean, who 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 on our team last year had almost 19 yards per reception? That, so that's that's not just moving the chains. That's just take you know taking chunk after chunk after chunk. That's moving the team down the field quickly. I don't expect that. You know, from our offense, I expect it to be, you know, calculated and methodical with the odd sort of big play here and there. But he's clearly, clearly got the talent. He's clearly got the ability. He's clearly got the speed. I think, I mean, I'm going to ask you guys a question in a minute, but I'm mega, mega excited about Jaden Hyatt. I really am. Right. Is is I can't hide the grin on my face every time I talk about it, every time I saw I was saying to you, Craig the other day at download, every time every time I see something more on him, the more I like him, the more I think he's just the absolute bargain, absolute steal of the draft this year. Um and it can only mean good things for this team having him on the roster for the next four years. It really can, you know. Um Craig,
2: anything to Adam Jane and height? No, nah, I mean, I'm I'm not as high as on him as other people am. No, that's not me saying. I think he's shit. Always going to be a bust. Just because I'm not <laughs> high on somebody doesn't mean I want him to fail or any anything like that. I think he's still got a lot to learn. It annoys me when you see people saying um, about the, the the route the the running. It's a valid point because but but it's a valid point because that's what he was asked to do at college. It's not he's got a limited rope tree, yes, because that was what he was asked to do. not we're not saying he can't do it or he can't learn it. he's twenty one years old or something. I wouldn't expect him to be able to run every single rope tree anyway like he's he's gonna do some learning and some development. now I'm just saying I'm not as high on him as some other people, and I've got to be honest, I think I don't think he's going to be as productive this year as what he will be next year. I think there's going to be some learning to be done in the NFL in in his rookie season. I don't expect him to see the field straight away when you look at the guys that are in front of him that we've already mentioned, just at the wide receiver position, not mentioning tight ends and running back and all that. Um, So I'm not as on him as some people. That's not me saying I don't like him. That's not me saying I want him to fail. I just think he's got some learning to do. And I think think I'm going to... I think I'll be more excited next year for what he can bring to the table
3: Yeah, I I, I know what you mean I I do know what you mean I think the the biggest thing for me is you I've read so much on Jalen Hyatt and heard so much from you guys on him that when you look at the people who doubt him and aren't sure about him it's General man is other general managers, it's scouts, it's you know, it's the analytical people that don't seem to be very high. And then you hear about other players talking about him, and you know, people who've played the position previously, even some, um, you know, someone like Ocho Cinco, who's turned around and said, This kid is going to be it, this kid is going to dra- break out. And I mean, obviously. Somebody's got to be wrong and somebody's got to be right. There, it's just very interesting to me that the people who have played the position seem to get him, and the people who analyse the position day in, day out and make the suggestions to the GMs to make the picks are the ones that just don't seem to see it. Um, and, and I'm more, I'm just more inclined to, to trust people who've, you know, put on those cleats and, and, and played the position.
1: You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, is I mean, is he being a little bit overhyped? Do you think? Probably.
0: I think, yeah. Kev, do you think he's being overhyped? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, with any sort of rookie, there's going to be a learning curve anyway into the NFL. No sort of player comes in and bees uh, Jamar Chase straight away. Like we know that. That's why I was saying, like you know as excited I am for what he could be, Sheehan said it next year. That's why I was kind of getting at, we won't see a lot of them to begin the season. It needs to be eased in, uh, but he could sort of take off at this uh, second half season. And when I say take off, I mean, contribute po- positively. I don't mean come out and be an absolute superstar, one of the best receivers in the league. I don't mean that. I mean, just po- uh, positively contribute to the team in the second half of the season. Yeah, cool.
1: Um, you know, Exciting times, exciting times that we're talking about a fourth receiver in this list that is potentially got a long, long future ahead of him, an exciting future ahead of him. Uh, someone that missed the uh, the whole of the 2022 season, Shane, who's up next?
2: Yeah, so it was, um, kind of could you, could you class him as last year's David Seals potentially? Um, he was really a little bit of a, a camp standout, uh, in Colin Johnson. Um, Opener against Patriots in pre-season, he had seven catches for 82 yards. Um, He was starting to see reps with the ones and he looked like, you know, especially when you look at our wide receiver group last year, it looked like he might have seen some genuine playing time. Unfortunately, he went and tore his Achilles um, and that did him for the season. He's got a bit of a battle to get back into to, to make the the fifty three this year, I think. Um, but I think what could help him is other players who we'll probably discuss shortly. Starting the season on the pup might enhance his chances of sort of seeing some time and showing why he should be part of that fifty three. Now, if he does that, that's going to be a, a tough decision for um, for and, and and Kafka essentially to to have and decide what to do. Um, but you know, he's he's someone who I think he's everything I've read so far in. Um, OTAs and that, he's been he's just basically carried on where he left off last year, he's he's been a bit, again I'll use this word a lot it seems, but reliable in OTAs and that Um, and also he's 6 foot 6 you know, he's he's a bit of a beast Um, so you know if you've got Waller who's 6 foot 7 and you've got Colin Johnson who's 6 foot 6 on the field at the same time, there's not many people that are going to be able to kind of like have the cover skills to keep up with with them and cover them both in them contested catches and that. So, definitely a name, I think, to keep an eye on in this, uh, in in mini camp and in in pre-season matches.
1: Definitely. Disappointed that he missed out on the whole of last year, because I think he could have produced, but I'm uh, I'm excited to see him in camp, back in camp, back and healthy, um, and hopefully making the roster and producing for the team as well, because I think he's got a lot to give. Kev, another new addition to the wide receiver room. Who you got? I oh, know. Is it Kev or is it Craig next? It's Craig next. Apologies, <laughs> Kev. I'll skip Craig. Um, another receiver home for a big comeback. Who have you got, Craig?
3: Yeah. Um, so Wondale Robinson obviously had a bit of an up and down season last year. Uh slow starts of the season. Um, I think he was injured week one, didn't come back until week five, played in week six. Um mm-hmm. And then tore his ACL in week 11, ending his season. I mean, the big bummer was really that the the game in which he tore his ACL, it looked like the breakout for for Wondell. I mean, nine catches, 100 receiving yards on the spot. He just looked like he was ready to to take the offense by the scruff of the neck, and at a time where we were really, really struggling to get the ball sort of moving, especially um, to our receivers. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing where he ends up. He, he might end up on the PUP list. Uh, it might just be a bit too soon. I mean, week 11 is quite late to, to tear your ACL and then make it back for week one. But, you know, going into his second season, despite those kind of little breakouts, he is a relative unknown and ha- probably has just as much as a chance as high it really is, at becoming a breakout star this this year. So, you know, he's young, he's got a unique skill set, a unique size, um, and you know, he gives Kafka an exciting weapon to work with once he's healthy.
1: I think like, we like we've seen glimpses of what he can produce and and the talent he has and one day year two, I'm excited for. You know, granted he's probably gonna not start the season healthy. Because you know, week eleven is what middle of November, just before Thanksgiving, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So for him to come back from an ACL tear in nine to ten months is mm-hmm. is very, very tight. You know, it's, it's asking a lot. So I can I can see him coming potentially coming into play second half of the season for sure, um, but first you know six to eight games he'll be very sort of limited if we see him at all. Um, but again, excited about Wanda Robinson because he, I think he's got a lot of talent and he's got a lot to give. So Kev, who's the new addition?
0: <laughs> yeah. New addition. We've gone uh, coming all the way over from the noisy neighbors over there and uh, New York jets. Uh, we have Jeff Smith. Um, He's kind of like, he seems like an older receiver. We've got some really, really good, young, promising receivers. We've talked about a few of them already. And he's only 26, Jeff Smith. But he is one of the receivers, I think he was like fourth or fifth in the depth chart for the Jets. Um, You know, he, he ended up finishing the season on IR after an injury last year. But he did log a lot of snaps. I think it was 86 snaps on special teams. And I think um he will be sort of a special team. Ace. He's a fast receiver as well. You clocked, you know, a 4-3 guy again at the, the Combine, you know. He's uphill battle, though, to make this roster. Um, I think, you know, if he does make it, it will be more to back end of the back end of the roster as more of a special teams guy. So um, I'm interested to see what he can do. We haven't really heard much of him standing out in camp or anything like that. So um, part of me is kind of like hoping other players come back from injury, other players, young players, sort of make more of a, a push to make the roster. But he's very much on that bubble. I know nothing about the guy, I'm not gonna lie. Um
1: he's got a bit of a boring name, Jeff Smith. <laughs> but you know, it's it's cool. If he's if he's made if he's made some impact in special teams, you know, we could always do some help in special teams. We could always do some pump returners because God knows it won't be a Dory Jackson doing that next season. Um, you know, so there's there's if he if he impresses, there's a spot for him. Um, if he doesn't, then practice squad. Potentially. So and the fact that he's, you know, what how how many years has he been in the league? Four or five years, something like that? He's two. Four years, yeah. Four years. So yeah, he's, he's got some experience. Um, so he can, he can bring he can bring something to the team for sure. All right, Shane. A returning veteran. Mr. Giants himself. Do I need to
2: say hands down the best cheerleader the Giants have ever had, even though they don't have any. Um, Sterling Shepard, uh, obviously, again, he suffered another injury last year. I hate to use the word another, but you know, he he, he just seemed to have them kind of season by season. He tore his ACL in week three against the Kerry Boys. A bit of a shame because, um, I think one of the standout plays for me last year that probably not mentioned much was the, the reception that he had in that Titans game in week one. Um, really got the, the game moving and sort of helped us on our way to getting the, the dub in that game. Um, but you know he, he wasn't involved for the rest of the season. But you know he, he did what you you love to see your veterans do and players that care. He was there the whole time. Um, I think uh, Andy or Keith might have mentioned that the that the Packers game is right in front of them, getting the crowd up, and obviously you've seen it um, on social media as well, not just at the the, the Packers game here in London, but um, at other games in playoffs, etc. So you know, kind of really gets to be on the team and it, it embodies what you want a teammate, to be like, when they're not fit, rather than just saying, yeah, I've done my ACL. I can't be arsed with a five, six, nine-hour flight. I'm just going to stay at home and do whatever they do. Um, you know, we made the effort, went along, supported his teammates, um, and you just you love to see it, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, um, he, he's one who I think will start, on the pup, but we've seen last year he made an insane recovery from his injury that we didn't think. I think is it, he tore his Achilles late in the season, like about October, and November time. And, you know, he was ready for week one, which amazed everybody. I love Sterling Shepard.
1: I love Sterling Shepard.
2: That's what
1: I'm going to say. <laughs> I love him. He embodies everything that is to be a Giants player. Um, and, like I said, he even if he's even if he doesn't play he's going to be there supporting the team he's going to be a team captain no doubt um so he's you know he's going to be there for the the young rookies and the young second year guys that are in the squad and the the new team the new guys that are coming as well so what more is there to say about him then he just he br- lives and breathes blue he lives and breathes giants and it was it's nice to see him back and back in the team anyway um So, yeah, four receivers that are coming back from season and then injuries. Who's got the toughest path to the main roster, do you think?
2: Shane. You're going to hate coming to me. Um, You know, I like my controversial choices and answers. I'm going to go Mr. Cheerleader himself, Sterling Shepard. I think... The injuries. How long he's been in? How long he's been with the team? Obviously, he's getting older now, so he's one of the older ones. Um, I think someone like Jeff Smith, he's going to be there for his special teams play rather than his capability at wide receiver. But you know, yeah, I, th- I think I think Sterling, he's he's obviously back for. Uh, I think it was a one year deal. Was it vet minimum or something very similar to that? Um, so yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for Shep, unfortunately, and I'm going to hide now for the rest of the answers.
1: (laughs) Kev's getting out the tissues, mate. Fucking get out, get out.
2: Speak to me. If you want, I can slighten up the dying players. I I don't mind doing that one.
1: (laughs) Brutal. Kev, who do you think has got the toughest path? Toughest path.
0: Yeah, I think I, I think it's Jeff Smith. I think, um, like I said, you know, it hasn't really given much in the receiving game. I know he's he's been a very good gunner and in, uh, um, in the special teams. But I just think if it was coming down to either of them players, and they're both fit, rare them to go, I think um, Sterling Shepard would just make the roster ahead of Jess Smith. And Craig, how you who do you reckon?
3: I think Jeff Smith as well. And the only reason that I'm not saying Sterling Shepherd is twofold. One, he can start the season on Pup. So technically he's not going to make the roster anyway <laughs> in a weird sense. Um, but second of all, there's been some videos of him um, and the man's a Terminator. Like seriously, how is he making cuts and catches like he's made today um, after two season ending injuries? It's just ridiculous. So um, I think uh, we're going to come on to another Potential special teamer um, in a in a few uh, a few answers, but I, I do think Jeff Smith Jeff Smith's age and lack of um, actual wide receiver experience probably negates him away from someone who potentially could come in and just be a special teams person. I have to say, I agree with
1: uh, with Kevin Craig. Because uh, I mean, I think I, I think she- <laughs> I don't know him. I think you know Shane. You know makes a valid point that Chef has got a difficult way. You know, difficult way to go. But I think yeah, Jeff Smith. The very little I know about him that I've just learned in the last two minutes, uh, it seems like he's probably got the the toughest path. But he could surprise everybody. You never know. You know, camp's coming up. We don't know yet. So. Watch this space, I suppose. All right, Craig, someone that just seems to hang around, <laughs> like a bad smell, doesn't seem to go away.
3: Yeah, uh, Mr. David Seals is next on ah. the, the list. <laughs> <laughs> um, admittedly, he did make an impact early on last season um, when we had no wide receivers, um, which is probably why. But, you know, he appeared in nine games. He started five, 11 receptions, 106 yards. It's just when Hodgins came in, that was kind of the nail in the coffin, I think, for Sills in the fact that despite him playing games earlier on in the season and Hodgins being a practice squad member predominantly, um, someone who didn't really you know, feature for the Bills, um he pretty much he, he pretty much just took all of what sills was doing and did it better uh, and then sills was cut after week 17 before we went into the playoffs and signed to the practice squad you know he's he's a perennial camp body as pretty much what he is and he made the jump to the main roster at the beginning of last season but i think it's highly unlikely history repeats itself
1: yeah I... I think have we have we given David Sills enough chances? <laughs> I think so. I think we prob. I think we probably have. I think we probably have. Um, you know, he's he's produced at some level. We'll see what we'll see what happens in camp, but I I can't I can't see him being anything but practice squad, realistically. Kev, star of Hard Knocks from last year. Ooh.
0: You're on mute. I'm I'm going to go off script a little bit quickly, lads, because I do have to shoot off, and I want to get this guy in before I go. go And I'm going to talk about Bryce Ford Wheaton, undrafted free agent out of uh, West Virginia. Now, I had a fifth-round grade on him. I had him, like, a little bit higher than other people. Um, You know, I think, you know, last season, you know, for West Virginia, he played 12 games, 62 catches, 675 yards, uh, over 10 yards per catch. He had seven touchdowns. You know, he's six foot three, six four, he's two hundred and twenty pounds. He runs a four three eight forty. Um, you know, he was such a coveted um uh, free agent that the Giants gave him pretty much the, the most they could give um uh, an undrafted free agent. They gave him like a full year's worth of practice squad salary. You know, this is a player that really excites me. And like um, you know, I can see him I can see him sneaking on to the actual roster, like he can contribute this season, I do believe, in some capacity. Um, and I just think if you put him on the practice squad, I think it's too too good a chance of what, um, someone doing um, doing a Hodgins and and and, and, nick- and nicking him from us for you know from everything you know. He's athletic. He can make contested catches. There, there's there's flaws to his game, of course. But you know, he put up a nine point nine seven Ras score, so there's something to work with there. Like I said, he might not contribute that much this season, but, you know, he's like a raw sort of bit of clay that these wide receiver coaches would love to get their hands on and um, and mould into something, you know, that could be serviceable in this league.
1: And surely, because he was so highly touted as well uh, so at one point, surely you keep him around for for special teams, if anything. Develop him, you know, <laughs> grow him as a player, grow him as a, you know, give him, give him that experience.
0: Exactly that, Um and on that note, lads, I'm going to have to shoot off.
1: Nice one, Kev. Talk to you. to
0: you, mate.
1: Just the three of us. <laughs> we can make it if we. No, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. Um, yeah, I like I like Bryce Ford I think he's probably. Um, one of the standout undrafted free agency pickups again of the of the whole off season so far. And he he can potentially produce for us and and use this first year as a as a learning curve and and to develop and to you know turn him into a a pretty decent receiver in this league. All right, then. So that star of hard knocks is being passed over to you, Craig. <laughs> so uh, who have we got?
3: Um, funny enough uh, this was supposed to be Kev's one and ironically it's turned to me and it's the person who I said I think will likely make it over Jeff Smith which uh, uh, has worked out weirdly well but yeah Khalil uh, Pimpleton bloody hell that's hard to say Uh, Pimpleton Pimpleton. spent all of last year on the practice squad before being elevated for the Minnesota playoff game but obviously didn't suit up he was then signed to another sort of futures deal and and like Smith, he offers special teams credentials and and he's younger than than Smith is by a couple of years and I just feel like that may be his way onto the roster and there is a chance he will just end up on the practice squad again, depending on the way that they decide to go uh, and at other positions, you know we have someone like Ahmet Gary who potentially can play on special teams if they decide to carry three or four. Running backs. Um, I'm sure nobody wants to see the Adoree Jackson uh, experiment ever again. Uh, but I'm sure there's a there's a few other wideouts uh, and or DBs who could potentially just go back and catch a punt and, or catch a. I mean, let's be honest. Kickoff returns aren't really anything anymore. So all you need is a body out there who can catch a ball and wave their hand in the air. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. So Pimp. Uh, Pimpleton. Why can't I say that word? Khalil Pimpleton is uh is who I who I think may be our special teams guy.
1: Pimpleton. I mean, I he's quick as well. Mm. So I can I can absolutely see him being that special teams guy. I really can. Um you know the practice squad last year, he's learnt his craft, he's developed as a player and year two of Khalil Pimpleton, I think we could see him on the roster for special teams, genuinely, I think that's an option. I think it's a very good option as well. Like I said, because the the kickoff game doesn't really exist anymore, and the punting game as well, I was just like, oh yeah, fair catch, okay. So, winner, winner, winner. All right, Shane, um, a somewhat unknown entity. Who have we got next?
2: Yeah, so we got um, Jaden McKinns up next. Uh, he was signed onto the practice squad mid-December. A um, little bit of an insurance policy for the now departed Richie James, who was going through uh, a concussion at the time, and that's about it. Sorry, Jaden.
1: Who? <laughs> <laughs> who? Who? Jaden Mickens. Mickens. Are you taking the Mick? Are, are you taking, taking
3: the Mick?
1: Mi- 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 I mean, I mean. You know, fair, fair enough. He was, yeah, fair, if it was just practice squad, it was just practice squad.
2: Cool. But
1: I know nothing about the guy. He's, he,
2: he's got a mention on the uh, Big Blue UK and podcast. So, you know, pinnacle of his career, I'm sure.
1: He's going to be famous. He's going to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Craig. Craig. A veteran hoping, a to, veteran make hoping to make an impression. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: Someone <laughs> um, someone um... he's kind of he, uh, Crowder's kind of done the New York tour to force now, hasn't he? Um, you know, three teams in New York, and yes, I am saying New York. Um, with us, the Jets and the Bills, and he seems to have appeared on every one. Um. Disappointing season last one, uh, last season for him. Uh, appeared in four games, six catches, 60 yards, and then fractures his ankle while he was with the Bills. Um, could sneak onto the roster if down and Shep both start the year on Pup, because he's a veteran and, and kind of brings that veteran experience that we probably want from Shep. But it's unlikely, and, and if he does, he'll be cut the instant what instance one of those are back. So, you know, there's not really much to say about Crowder.
1: I think he brings experience to the team. I think, you know, he is that sort of veteran who's been there and done it. And can he still offer anything? Potentially. Hmm. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. Um, like you said, he could sneak onto the roster. I think he probably will. Um, but like you said, once, once sort of Wandale and Shep are back, then in all likelihood. Unless he's produced really, really well, unless he's big, put out some big numbers mm. and impressed the coaches, I think, yeah, he's, he might wave bye-bye after that. Alrighty. Um, lastly, Shane, round out the squad for us, mate. Yeah, the squad for us,
2: Yeah, so the final one is uh, McCoy Polk, um, undrafted free agent, um, signed and subsequently let go by the Ravens. Uh, And he spent all of 2022 on our practice squad. Um, Again, another one kind of, you know, by name. And that's kind of about it, you know, in all honesty. Again. Again. Who? Who? I mean. You know, McCoy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that guy, of course. How could I know? How could I forget? Oh Polky. <laughs> yeah. That that guy, Polky, yeah. He did really well in our practice squad last year, didn't he? No <laughs> oh, idea. It's but, really um... weird
3: when you think about people on the practice squad, isn't it? That for for people like ourselves who don't really get to see anything because all they really do is instill game plan from an opposition point of view for the, the first team offense or defence. We don't see a lot. I mean, the coaches and, and the backroom staff obviously see a lot more of these players than we do. And, and there's a reason that they sign some of them to future deals and some of them just get kicked you know, kicked out onto the streets. But it's really hard to try and gauge any kind of real sort of opinion on them on whether they could be good or, or not without going back to like college tape. And by then, the games probably evolved massively. So it, it is hard.
1: Yeah, it is, but you know that's not to knock anyone that is on the practice squad because they do serve an important purpose. Um, they are players on the on the team. They are part of the you know the the larger sort of team, I suppose, um, and they do play a huge, huge role in in you know, week in week out for for the coaches and for the uh, for the, the, the full squad as well. Um, so not knocking them at all. It's just like you said, it's very, very difficult to sort of find out more about them. Um, than those that are on actually on the 53-man roster. All right, so the Giants had nine different receivers catch passes last season. Most teams will carry six on a roster. So let's say Shep and Wondell start on the pup list. Pretty much lock-in Slayton, Hyatt, Campbell and Hodgins. Who
2: are the other two on the roster and why then, Shane? So I'm just having a quick, having a quick look and working out who we might have forgot because... I mean, you know, know, you've got studs like McCoy and everything. I want to make sure I've got them covered. Um, (laughs) So, I'm going (laughs) to... So, just to cover it. So, we've got Slayton, Hodgins, Campbell, Hoyas, Wondale and Mm Sheppon-Po. So, I'm going to go for Colin Johnson. I'm going to go for... I'm going to cheat, so I'm going to go for Colin Johnson. I'm going to go for Jameson Crowder, and I'm going for Jeff Smith. But Jeff Smith is on there purely for special teams. Ooh. So, so three. seven wide you receivers, seven wide receivers, but Smith is not going to see the field as a wide receiver unless something drastically goes wrong. And then I think Crowder will be one. Crowder will be the first player to get cut. When Wondale or Sheppi, if they decide to keep him, uh, whichever one of them two's first back, nice, nice.
3: So, uh, it's interesting because, um, Colin Johnson is, is one that I was going to say, um, and I also was going to cheat and do seven. <laughs> um, now, funny enough, uh, while I was having a look at at how many players tend to be on a roster for wide receivers? Um, the Packers carried seven last year. It's not unknown for that many uh, to be on a, on a roster. So um, I am going to go for Colin Johnson. Uh, I'm also going to go for the special team, but Khalil Pimpleton because I just feel like he, he can add a little bit of something in there. And I think I think Shane's right. It. it Jameson Crowder just makes sense because he he almost seems like that kind of Shep cover and that veteran experience on the team that they're going to need. They're going to need someone of that ilk who's been, you know, around the block and and is able to kind of g up the players, but also go in and and just make a catch and walk off and and that's it. Maybe even even if he does it once or twice and. Could even pull a a, a Kenny Golladay-esque block, uh, you could say. So um, so yeah, I, I agree, Crowder's more likely. I do think I did think about putting Bryce Ford Wheaton in here, and here's why. He has that kind of cruise 2.0 kind of feeling about his story, where he goes into the preseason and he just balls out, and all of a sudden it's like you know, you you get that clip of the Jets, wasn't it, that we were playing in the preseason, and yeah, it's like yeah. who's that? Who is that? And why is he? You know, is could he be available? And the Giants were like, hell no, we got we got to tie this kid down. I just feel yeah. like there is a chance that he could be there, and I think if he is, then crowd us out. But I mean, it, surely it's unanimous, Colin Johnson, right?
1: Yeah, Colin Johnson's unanimous. Um, yeah, number three scoring three against the Jets in preseason in 2010. That guy you're wearing that jersey of, mate, Victor Cruz. He's the one. Um, he's he's, he's up there as well. He's up there as <laughs> well. Um, for me, yeah, Crowder and Johnson make the 53 as, as receivers. I think two make the roster for special teams. Khalil Pimpleton. and for some reason I can just see Bryce Ward-Wheaton getting that roster spot as potentially a special teamer potentially something uh, he's going he's gonna to get on the roster. I think there's, there's too much potential and talent there. Um, Jeff, Jeff Smith I don't know anything about him like I said. But he's he seems to be fairly good on on special teams. He's coming back from an injury, so it might be a bit bit of a risk. But who knows? You know that you know camp is where this roster is decided, and I can't wait for it. Yeah, you know, there's, there's you can make a case for every one of these receivers to get a spot on the roster, um, but I think David Seals practice. David was, and Jaden Mickens and M- 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 Mackay Polk, Polk, whatever his name is, I think between you know those three practice squad slash cut. Um, I think if we if Bryce Ford Wheaton goes to practice squad, we absolutely run the risk of losing him, and I don't think we should lose him off this roster. There we go. That's my opinion.
2: Yeah, right. I think with Bryce Ford right. Wheaton, what I will say, I think it's going to go one way or the other. You're either going to see him and you're going to go, how did this guy not get drafted? Or you're going to go, yeah, I can see why he was an undrafted free agent.
3: Yeah, I've heard um, there's a lot of inconsistencies when it comes to him. and um reading some scout reports. One, uh, one scout kind of turned around and said he's either Megatron or he's you know someone playing in the park and just cannot catch anything there's no there seems to be no middle ground for him he's very kind of hot and cold uh so yeah it'll be interesting you know if he's got coachable kind of tangibles which it seems he does from his his ras score uh he we you know he could be the ultimate diamond in the rough but um you know it doesn't always happen does it but one thing I do want to just mention when it comes to the wide receivers is how much nicer this looks on paper as a wide receiver core of twelve players than what we've had to deal with in, in recent years since probably since Odell's
1: gone. Just back to last year, what we had to deal with last year. You know, it's it's nice to have be in this position, have this sort of luxury where we're going, Oh, I can make a case of him, can make a case of him, we can make a case for all of them. To get a spot on the roster So it is quite nice to be in this position right. It's kind of a luxury isn't it But there you have it Our wide receivers going into training camp Fighting for a spot on the 53 uh, Let us know who you think Will make the cut Uh, Get in touch with us in all the usual ways, which I'll go through in a second. Uh, Now, unfortunately, that is all we have time for this week. However, we will be back same time, same place next week as we creep ever closer to the landmark 100th episode of the Big Blue Can Island podcast. Can you believe we're almost at 100 episodes, lads? Bloody hell. Um, And we're going to be back bringing you our look at Kev's favourite position. It's the tight ends. Um, So we look forward to that. Uh, anything else to add before we go, guys?
2: Just good to be uh, be back after a week off. Uh, looking forward to talking about more positions, and you know, to getting onto the defense. I'm looking forward to chatting about um, the, the upcoming season and the, the, what the defense can do. Um, and in case you weren't aware, it was at the start of the show. We have got a trip planned to New York in November. Um, so oh. again, if you're looking at if you're looking at going out to watch the Patriots game, get in touch with us, just let, let us know and we'll sort out meeting up. We're there for, I think us three are there for just over a week, so we'll definitely sort out meeting up, having a few beers and, you know, maybe ask you a couple of questions and stick them on the pod or something, I don't know, but yeah, if, you, if you're going for the Patriots game, please do get in touch and let us know.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And um, there are other meetups planned for this upcoming season. Um, there's some... Final crossing of T's and dotting of I's of one uh, potential potential meetup that uh, we are part of uh, on a wider scale. And then, obviously, we've got our meetup for the Commanders game as well in London at Sports Bar and Grill in Bone, I think it is, isn't it? So uh, we'll Mar-a-Ban, give yeah. more details on that as it creeps closer to that week. Uh it's just nice being back. The week off is obviously always nice, but you know, you can't be just getting around getting around a table, getting around a virtual table with some mates and, and just having a having a little chat.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's been this it's been three weeks since I've been on there, lads. So hmm. uh, it's it's absolutely it's it's great to be back. Um back to the the usual Wednesday night slot, like you said, getting around that sort of virtual table, talking all things, giants with your mates. Can't get enough of it. So, uh, yeah, enjoyed this evening and look forward to next week and look forward to uh, the planned events that we're going to have coming up um, in you know, the sort of second half of this year. You know, 2023 is going to be uh, a busy year for us here on the podcast. But, yeah, make sure you sort of stay tuned and stick with us because... You know, it'll be uh, it. it's going to be a good one, it's going to be a good year uh, remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel hit that little bell to get the latest updates and notifications give us a follow on Twitter or Facebook if you don't already and also Instagram, just search for Big Blue UK and Ireland uh, we're all part of the New York Giants fans UK Facebook page Also, so give them a, guys a follow and you can get in touch with us there and also via email, bigblueukirl at gmail.com And we are also part of the Full 10 Yards Network. Check out the site, fulltenyards.co.uk forward slash Giants. Uh, My thanks, as ever, go to you, Shane, to Craig and Kev, who's obviously gone already, uh, for joining me. And to you, the viewers and listeners, for tuning in. Much love for the viewers tonight. Thanks very much. Uh, We are signing off until next time.